0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle Project Podcast. This is your host, Nick Marcos, and this is my newest project, where I'm sitting down with local business owners and community members who truly embody the hustle mentality. We're gonna dive in deep and get their amazing stories of the ups, the downs, and everything in between. So whether you're an entrepreneur, you wanna be an entrepreneur, or you're just someone who enjoys hearing the stories behind our community's movers and shakers, this is the podcast for you. So tune in and take pride knowing that we have these great people with incredible stories living right here in our neighborhood. Make sure you tune in weekly for our newest episodes. For more information, check out our website, hustleprojectpodcast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at hustleprojectpodcast. Enjoy this week's episode, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Hustle Project Podcast. Thank you. Um, so I want to dive right into this. Um, the reason I invited you to the show is because it's very rare that we get the opportunity to highlight someone as young as yourself um, for doing such a big thing in the community. Um, so tell me a little bit about your past and where you're from.
1: Sure. So I grew up in Lynn, um, born and raised. My um, elementary schooling was at Ingalls in Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on to um, Thurgood Marshall. Right. Um, Eastern, it was called. Yeah,
0: Eastern, I remember that. Yeah,
1: back when. And then I went on to high school at Lynn Classical. So in 2001, I graduated from Lynn Classical. Um, I decided to pursue higher education at uh, Northeastern University.
0: And this was a big deal, right? Because you said, I've actually read about you, that you're first generation. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So.
1: Yeah, so I'm first generation, so um, my mom and my dad uh, did not go to college. Right. Um, and so going to college was a big deal in my household. Um, I knew very early on that I needed to pursue higher education just because of the way, um, I grew up. Right. So, um, I grew up in a single family household. Um, Just your mom or just your dad? Just my mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, my dad was present and he was around, but, you know, they, he...
0: Wasn't involved in your day-to-day life. He
1: wasn't involved in my day-to-day life. Um... I. Um,
0: well, I want to ask you really quickly before sure. you keep going. Um, so I, I also uh, grew up um, what well, is an immigrant family, but we, I would have been what you would consider a first-generation college student as well. And I remember that from a young age, you know, it was like pounded into me that you're going to college. Was that the same case for you? Was it something that you didn't have a choice? I feel like a lot of people have a choice. Did you have a choice?
1: No, I, I did have a choice, so it wasn't pounded into me as um, at a young age. I actually had mentors around me and friends whose parents drilled it into them. So and it was kind of like, okay, by this proxy, is, yes. Yeah. So this is what they're doing. This is what I'm doing, and I was like, oh, you know, it sounds sounds like a great idea. I'm definitely gonna try it. But it wasn't pounded into me, and that is probably because my mother and dad didn't go.
0: Right. right? So, so it was the opposite. It's like my parents moved here from another country because they wanted more opportunity, specifically in education. And so, and that was sort of like where their main focus. Like, we'll work like dogs and save everything we can just so we can send you to a good school and get a good education. Um,
1: right. But
0: you're saying yours was actually the opposite. Opposite. Be- right. Yeah. And it's funny because we both ended up in the same place. I didn't get a chance to tell you, but I'm actually a, an alumni of Northeastern University as well oh. in the engineering school. So, what? Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty random, um, but we're both actually alumni of, of
1: Huskies. Uh, yeah,
0: we're both Huskies, and um, so you so you finished up high school why Northeastern?
1: So I decided to go with Northeastern because of their co-op program. Mm-hmm. So I knew, um, like I mentioned, being a first generation, I wanted the opportunity to pay for some of the finances on my own. Right. So rather than taking out loans and different things, so Northeastern, I was attracted to Northeastern because of the co-op program, and so so that
0: allowed you to work while you were there yes, and yes. pay off some of that debt. Yes,
1: yeah. and in addition to that, uh, while I was at Northeastern, I was an RA, a resident assistant. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. So I was able to. I hated you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just made it very difficult. I know. I didn't have much friends, but I don't <laughs> care because I got the to- um, the. The room and board was free.
0: Right, exactly. So that
1: takes a lot off of the tuition.
0: Yeah, it's a smart move. Yes. I mean, you sacrifice a little bit of your social life in college, but you don't graduate. You know, you save 10000 a year, basically. That's, right. it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. 50000 And then
1: in addition to that, I worked right down the street at the Colonnade Hotel.
0: Mm-hmm. They had
1: a um, Brasserie Joe's was the name of the restaurant, and I was the uh, hostess there. Right. So I had a
0: So a you have a too. really strong work ethic. Talk to me a little bit about where that comes from.
1: Well... Let me tell you, I had the best mentor. So even um, when I was uh, too young to work, right? Right. So I had a mentor. His name was Robert Colucci, and he now owns the Ocean Transportation
0: okay. Company in Lynn. Popular name. Sounds like he, I think, Was he like a ward counselor or His something? His
1: brother. He's a twin.
0: Oh, okay. His yeah. brother,
1: Richard, is a ward counselor. Right. And so um, when I was able to work... I think I was 15 at the time. He allowed me to answer phones at the taxi company. It was Tom's oh, Taxi. Right. Um, Tom's. Everybody,
0: Tom's, knows, everybody, knows, yeah, everybody Tom's knows Tom's Taxi, Tom's right? Taxi,
1: yeah. So he kind of showed me what success was. I just saw that he was a business owner. Uh, I saw what he drove. I saw. what kind of How
0: did this relationship come to fruition? Was he part of some sort of mentorship program? No, or?
1: it just so happened he was. I just uh, called him for a job.
0: And. and
1: I mean, he knew. Um, my parents grew up in the city, right. you know, and he knew that I was a good kid, and he took a leap and gave wow. me a job. Wow, and ever great. since then, I mean, I was working my whole high school career. He bought me my first computer to go to um, college. Mm-hmm. He was pretty back awesome. when computers
0: were very. I remember my first computer; it was that big of a deal back then. I think it's kind of like kids now remember their first iPhone. Like we remember yes. our first PC. Yes, I had a Gateway 2000. It was amazing.
1: I think it might have been a gateway.
0: It was, I think it was like almost $4,000 back in 1997. It was like very expensive. I don't even know how my parents could afford it. I hope you didn't pay that. (laughs) <laughs> he may have, but it sounds like he was a nice guy. So, yes. so you had a strong work ethic, sort of, at the beginning when yes. you when you started working from a young age, and then you saw what success looked like, and yes. you were like, you know what, I need to mirror this. You need you put you made the connection. I made this, the connection. This guy's working hard, and he's doing it. So the way there is through hard work.
1: Yes, and I and I wanted things right. Right. So at that time, the little things that were important to me were, getting my hair done, right. get my nails done. I wanted a new outfit. You know. So he. I wanted things, so working was the way to get it.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. And so that um, carried through through high school up to college. Yes. Um, obviously, uh, you did something right in high school because Northeastern's engineering program is pretty elite. It's yes. not easy to get into. Um, you know, and, and uh, it's definitely void and deficient of, you know, minorities, and uh, it has no shortage of international students. You know, we've, we've both been there. Yes. Um, so, like just to accomplish that in itself such a huge such a huge accomplishment because now you you know in essence are breaking the mold and being not only the first person in your family to go to college but you're a young African American female who's going to school to be a mechanical engineer that's like defeating all the odds yes so talk to me about the experience in college what what that was like it must have been tough because It's not easy to live in that world as a guy, never mind a woman.
1: Yes. So it was very, very tough tough for me Um, because just being different, because I was the only girl um, in the majority of my classes, not to mention the only African-American girl. Um, You were the underdog. Yes. So it's a predominantly white classroom, Mm -hmm. uh, predominantly male. Right. Right. Um, So... um, to be comfortable in that environment, I think, takes a lot of courage and a lot of confidence. So I think it was a life lesson for me. right? Because even now, like moving forward into the corporate environment, um, you have to be confident. Right. right? I
0: agree. And how much of just being from Lynn, because I feel like this about Lynn, and a lot of people who are listening to this are going to be from Lynn. Do you feel like Lynn did a really good job of preparing you for dealing with adversity? Because I do. I feel like the cultural diversity that the the roughness that Lynn has, but yet the the subtle kindness that's there, it kind of sets the precedent for what the real world is like. What do you think? What's your interpretation?
1: I agree, and I think there's a big star, stereotype right now, um, and back then, too, about Lynn. Right. And I feel like... Um, you know, the diversity played a, a major fact. You know, just it kind of
0: blinded huge, me in a sense. And it's huge. And to put and to put things into context, because you really have to put things into context here. I, my wife is from Wilmington, mm-hmm. nice town, yeah. working class town. I showed her my elementary school class photos. You remember you used to take photos yes. with all the kids in your class. Yes. And I'm looking at it, and you know, and I didn't think of it because I just didn't. I didn't think of it. Seventy-five percent minority in that photo. And I sit there and I said to my wife, I said, "Wow, you know, I never really took the time to reflect on that and what a big impact that must have had on my ability to just be a good communicator with people."
1: Right. And also color be, didn't matter, it, it you never, know,
0: from an early age. Right. Nobody got a privilege. You know, there was Asian kids, black kids, Greek kids, white kids, Jews, like all kinds of people. Amazing. Yeah. And you can't. I don't even. I don't know if that exists anymore because I, th- I feel like there's been. It's been there's been more divide in the city of Lynn because they've enacted some rules where kids can move around different schools now. But the value of that—to be able to carry the values that you learn in elementary school, social values—into into the college world—I feel like a huge advantage. It seems like you agree.
1: Yeah, I agree yeah. totally. Yeah,
0: that's why that's why I think like part that I'll always have my heart will always be in Lynn. You know, my dad is from a, a small village in Greece, in the mountains of Greece, and he actually he still calls that home, even though he's lived in Lynn for forty years, <laughs> right? He still calls that home, and now I understand why, right? It's
1: his roots, yeah. It's his
0: roots. Yeah. And when I left, for the first few years after I left, you know, it's not a big deal. You you leave for a little bit. And then after a while, you realize you're not going back. And every time you go back, you sort of like, you miss it. Lynn will always be a deep part of who I am. It's It's had a grand effect on me. And one of the first places I looked to invest in when I started to become successful was Lynn. So talk to me about when did you have sort of that epiphany in your life when you realized that? Because we're here to ultimately to talk about your, your foundation. Yes. What, when do you really feel like you had that, that moment where you were like, you know what, I need to start giving back to Lynn? When did that happen?
1: I was at home, right? Uh, and I just started, I, I've done a lot of mentoring other people outside of my community. Um, I am an annual speaker at Northeastern University, so I'm working, um, speaking to the career development class um, at Northeastern, just about, you know, what's to come, right? right? Um, I also did a 210 Wi-Fi mentoring as well. Okay. And so this organization is women who are in the footwear industry. Um, So me as a mentor, I've been in the footwear industry for more than 10 years. So right now, um, I work for the Adidas group. Uh, who owns Reebok. And so I'm a quality manager, so I'm just looking at, you know, durability of um, the quality of materials. Okay. Um, And so I'm putting my engineering um, background into play, doing some reverse engineering onto what fails okay. and why. And so that's why you got Safety. involved
0: in that group, yes. the, the women's footwear, footwear group, because yes. that's where, okay. Yes. Got it.
1: So I got it, you know, I found out about about I found out about the organization through my job. And so what I was doing is mentoring women who are in other footwear industries, so New Balance or okay. Nike. Yep. Um, so I, I got the feel of mentoring and I really, really liked it. And then I, you know, I took a step back and I'm thinking about myself and my community and I feel like I've become successful. I've been working in this right. industry for 10 years and you know, I have my kids, I have my home, I have my cars, I have all this fulfillment at home mm-hmm. and I felt fulfilled with right. the mentoring but it wasn't in my community.
0: Right. right. So it, it, felt, it still feels great but it almost it feels, feels like uh, something, a, little, something's a little something's missing. missing right. Because
1: I know the kids at home Right. need me. And right? it's almost
0: like when you see someone fundraising for like a cancer awareness and you're like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give some money, of course. But it's different when it's like your friend's dad right? who's like dying and you want to make a. Do- it's like, right. it's a little it's more personal. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably what we're speaking about because I kind of felt the same thing. It's like, well, I want to help. And I had already been helping not as much as you have. I mean, clearly you're setting the bar really high for anyone listening. We all aspire to be like Alicia, but but, you know, that's a pretty high, high benchmark. Um, just being active in the community is, is, is all everybody really has to be. So you, you made the decision. You, you, you said, you know, I want to get into Lynn. Talk to me about how you came up with the Alicia Hill uh, Bingham Leadership Foundation.
1: Okay. Well, I have to give a lot of credit to my husband. Okay. Because let's give it to him. What's let's his give, name? His name's Joseph. So he always has these great ideas, mm-hmm. and so he says, you know, it's time for you to build your legacy.
0: I love it. He
1: says. Yeah. And he says, you know, um, and it's time for you to give back to your community because there's girls, he said girls, even right. though I'm going to open it out up eventually to males as well, but he said there's girls out there who look like you, first generation, right? right? And he says, um, and they need a mentor.
0: Right. Right. Badly.
1: Badly. Right. And so, like, I have friends that are in the school system, and they brought it to my attention as well that there are kids here who are getting scholarships. Yes. They're getting scholarships. They go into college, but do they finish? No. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting statistic. Like, they have to report the statistics of how many kids go, but they're not reporting the statistics of how many kids stay. Right. Big difference, right? It's one thing to go to college, one thing to finish college. Right.
1: And then when you don't finish, you still have to pay. Oh, yeah. If you took out loans to begin right. with, yeah. So most, most kids are, yeah, like myself. I know yeah. that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So and those loans are not exactly um, designed to be paid back very well. You know, no. they're really not thinking about how the student's going to pay it back. They're just thinking about, okay, I'll give them two hundred thousand dollars. You can yes. pay it back in twenty years. So you graduate with a mortgage. I mean, everybody know it's, it's. no shock to anybody anymore what's going on with student loans. It's actually shocking that not more is happening to fix it. But um, so I'm sorry. Keep going. So you're you're saying. Um, You felt like there was an underserved population. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Yes. So that's when I decided to um, create a scholarship. Okay. Right. And just to take a step back without scholarships, without mentorship, um, I don't think I would be where I am today. Because without scholarships, I couldn't go to Northeastern, right. right? You wouldn't
0: have made the decision, you're saying. You, you would have, have been accepted, decision. but you would have made a financial decision not to go. Right. right. And
1: so just to tell you how I decided to, that Northeastern was the choice for me, so I had this mentality in my mind that...
0: Because you knew I went there?
1: No. <laughs> 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 but I thought to myself, I said, all right, let me just do this math, right? Because I was a math right. person at the time, right? Still am.
0: Yeah, you're an engineer. Yeah,
1: I so I said, alright, I'm going to add up the amount of t- tuition every year, right? Mm-hmm. So at that time, I think it might have been 35000 times five, right, right? For five years. And I said, if I have to leave Northeastern with more than $35,000 in student loans, so that's just one year tuition, I right. said, well, this is not the school for me, right? Wow. Because I knew I have to live right afterwards, so I knew that if I left there with a amount certain amount of loans that I was going to be back home right. with my parents and and that wasn't going to happen.
0: Right. No, it's <laughs> it's true. It's 100% true. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's how I decided to go to Northeastern.
0: And you managed to do that, yes. clearly. Yes. That's really cool.
1: I left there with under 35,000. That's amazing. I'm going to tell you the number, but it's no, well below right. that.
0: Fair enough. And that's <laughs> you're ahead of the you're ahead of <laughs> the norm because I had actually one of my best friends in college um, graduated and was Actually, funny, I'm just thinking of this funny connection, he actually, um, he grew up in Queens and went to high school in Brooklyn, New York, and he actually went to high school because he had a great mentor that helped sponsor him to go there, one of those kinds of stories, and then he ended up helping him get through college, See. and then helped mentor him towards getting a good job, and he ended up getting a job at Goldman Sachs, which is one of the best investment firms in the country, in the world, Um, very high paying job, and he was getting six-figure bonuses right out of high, right out of college. I mean, because we're talking, you know, 2004, 2003. The market's doing well. Like, yeah. things are on the up and up. Um, and he was getting crazy checks. And he was, and I kept saying to him, "Wow, you, you're you're just making so much money." And he kept saying, "No, man, I'm just paying off my student loans." And I'm like, "Imagine that." I never thought of how much he had probably he had probably had because he did five years at Northeastern as well. But he ended up paying them off in just a few years.
1: Good for him. And
0: now we're 15-plus you know, years out of college, and it's like he just says it's like a, a huge burden just came off my shoulders. And I can see it. It's, it's devastating. It's so important. It's devastating. So scholarships are important. So right. talk to me a little bit about what the scholarship is, what the criteria is. Um, go ahead.
1: Yes. So this particular year, um, the scholarship criteria was you had to have at least a 3.0. Right.
0: Um,
1: first generation. I opened it up for females. Um, and you had to be accepted to a college or a university nice. in the fall. So that was a criteria. I got about uh, fifteen applicants. So um, well, how I chose between the fifteen is there was a adversity question.
0: How interesting, and I only want to ask this because, like I told you before the podcast, I, I also have a scholarship, and one of the most interesting things that I got to do was write the questions.
1: Isn't it also? For the
0: scholarship. Yeah. And I really cared so much about every question. And w- when I got the applications back, what an amazing, that was probably one of the coolest things I've ever had to do. And one of the... <laughs> Me too. It's like bittersweet. Yeah. Because there's like so many people that are not getting it. But when you put this thing together, what was the driver behind it? Like what, what, what were you really looking for?
1: I was looking for somebody who had experienced adversity and overcame it and learned from it. Right. That was it.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So the 15 applicants, I invited some friends and family over. And because I read it with my yeah. husband, and I read it with my 10-year-old, and tears were flowing, you know? All of
0: them, or one in particular? Well, there
1: was there was about three. That were just... That kind of just...
0: Yeah, same experience.
1: Turned, but... It just tore my heart out. So I invited family over, and we went over the essays together, and we kind of, you know...
0: Collectively, made
1: collectively, it. but it wasn't easy, even with multiple people. Right, right. So ultimately, I had to make the decision with my immediate family, with my husband and my daughter.
0: Yeah, and right. anybody you ever tell this to would kind of sort of be like, Well, you know, you get to pick, change someone's life. Yeah, but you also get to disappoint, you have to disappoint a lot of people to right. change one person's life. Right. So it's like, no good deed goes unpunished.
1: Well, guess what? So after we put, picked the winner, because there was one more that I just couldn't part with. I decided to give two.
0: Oh, so you did two. No, I didn't
1: do two. But so the guidance counselor gave me the second person's email address. That's what they had for a contact. Yeah. And so I emailed her, and but she never responded. But I was going to give two if she responded.
0: Man, that's disappointing. I know. That's so disappointing. But
1: it made me feel good that I tried. Yeah, at least you tried. Yes. Yeah,
0: and the positive note is someone benefited huge now. Yes. So talk yes. to me about the, the, the girl, the young girl that you picked. What's her name? Can her we shout her out? Yeah,
1: we can shout her out. Her name's Kimberly Avila. Kimberly she's going to go to Holy Cross.
0: Oh, great school. Yes. And she must be amped.
1: She, uh, she's awesome. Right. Like, even, you know, when you give a scholarship and you read a letter, you don't know the person still, right? I'm, I'm looking forward to get to know her, but the way, like, she hugged me and hugged my daughter at the scholarship award ceremony at Classical... Um, I just had a good feeling, you know? And then, you know, when she came to the fundraising event, my first annual, we'll talk about that soon. Uh And, um, you know, and she was so happy to be there and she spoke and everything. She's just very appreciative, um, very down to earth and, um, Eager, you know, I, I just know she's gonna do it. Well. And
0: that's what you wanna, like, sort of like look at it from a business pr- perspective. Like, if you wanna invest in someone's business, it's because they got passion for it, right. right? Like, you don't wanna, yeah, I'm kinda interested in making something, and like, that's not investable. It's the guy who's like, look, I'm willing to die for this. Like, you tell me what to do, I'll jump through hoops, right. I'm ready. There's like, no other option. No, and that's the applicant that you really want. Yes, um, and that's
1: her. And,
0: and that's th- great to have because that's gonna allow you, with your personality, to actually have an influence on this person. Right. And that's what you want. You want someone who's, you want to be a mentor, but the worst thing that can happen to a mentor is to have a not-mentorable student. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you need someone who wants to learn, who's eager to learn, who will find some some value in what you have to offer. Yes. And that, to me, is sort of the payback.
1: Yes. And then, you know, to be able to, like, I contact her, and we, you know, we talk via text and via email. And she's excited about this curriculum that I am creating.
0: So. Well, you know, that's also something I want to bring up. And it's very interesting is that it doesn't seem like this is just a scholarship. This is a package deal. This Talk to me a little deal. bit about what is this. It's not called a package deal, but I could read through the, the, the fine print here. And I noticed that there is a little more that meets the eye. It's not just the, the, the leadership foundation. It's something that goes along with it. Go yes. Yeah.
1: It's, the, the scholarship part of it is great to have. But the mentor part of it is like you have to have right, right? so uh, the curriculum that I'm creating um, basically will give us like meeting guidelines when we check in how often we talk uh, how often we meet um, it's very important in you know for her to open up to me and let me know you know what's going on what challenges that she's facing and hopefully you know I'll be able to give some insight of something that I experience similar, you yeah, know?
0: Definitely. Yeah, definitely, and, and also there are other people listening to this who are mentors like myself who are saying, wow, I should have done something like that, because I've been fortunate enough to help an, a student go through St. Mary's, my alma mater, and um, and I don't ha- I don't really get that kind of feedback on that personal level. We do more of like a once or twice a year we'll do lunch or something, but I would love to be a little more involved. It's just more a matter of that if that person is willing to, yes. but I feel like he is. But if you're out there and you're listening, you're a mentor already. Turn it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I feel great. like, Yeah, I feel like most kids, would. now that you say it that way, the way you've said it, I feel like more kids would be responsive of that. Yes, they, and they you don't want to make it, yeah,
1: you don't want to make it too overwhelming because everybody no. has their schedule. Of course, yeah. Right, but if you have something more formal right. on paper, um, it kind of makes you stick to it.
0: And it makes them accountable. Right. You know, it's almost like earn it. Like, right. I'm not telling you you need to earn it, but you need to earn it a little bit. You need to almost be like, you know, this is the game, this is the game, these are the game rules, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're not going to continue to play, but if you want to optimize your opportunity here, this is how we do it. Like, yes. I can opt you can get a lot out of this or a little. I want you to get a lot.
1: Right. And even like little things like shadowing.
0: Right. Like come
1: into different corporate mm-hmm. environments, have a shadow, because you want ultimately for whatever career she chooses for her to ha- be happy and want to be there. So it's nice to be able to shadow people who are right. in different environments just to see what they do. Right,
0: and, and experience their experience. Right. Right, and see what's out there. That, what I loved about Northeastern University, Yes, back me to too. that, is that co-op program was brilliant. Um, it allowed you to see... I mean, it was because of that co-op program that I never wanted to work as an engineer. Me too. Um, me too. But it seems like you found something that fit the. Mo- you know, you yes. got into the shoe world. Maybe yes. that excited you in different ways. Yeah. I never got that, and uh, things went in a different direction for me for the better. But my point is, I love the idea of shadowing and stuff like that because it gives. You know, anytime you can expose someone, I feel like if most kids, I just talked about this the other day. I did a podcast with a with a, a woman in Gloucester who owns a beautiful fla- flower shop. It's called All Purpose Flowers. She does an amazing job. But we were talking about how who really grows up wanting to be an accountant like who really grows up wanting to work in HR not a lot of people but life sort of has its way of persuading you towards that like it just sucks right. you in financially but there are a lot of people out there who would make a great mentor or would make a great whatever the case may be if they could just get someone to help show them how to get there and i think that's that's brilliant what you're doing um so now, I know you guys had an event to support this. This yes. is your first year doing this, yes. so I'm sure you're going to learn a lot. Talk to me about what it was like when you put an event together. It was a big thing. I read about it. It was all over social media, even though you're not, <laughs> but <laughs> it was all over. So you got to at least get um, Facebook. a leadership page. At least.
1: Well, I have a website.
0: Okay, well, we'll shout out the website after, yeah. but... Um, and but my you,
1: friends, they have been telling me. I need yeah, to
0: have a I mean, only account. because and, and the only reason I say it because it is it sucks to have to manage social. Like I, I'm with, you. I realize that's where everybody is. But your foundation deserves the credit it's going to get, and it's not about you bragging or exposing it or, or showing it off or even sort of putting the work in. It's more just that it's it's such a positive thing. You would be doing a disservice to all the young people that. Are on social that they don't have to see that once in a while and be reminded of what the standard is.
1: Right. Right. So right. it's like, you know, like, yeah. When you say it that way. Well, this is
0: the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, when I when I was growing up in Lynn, you know, I'm, like, I'm a young kid. If a nice car used to drive by us, and I'm not talking about like a regular, but like a really cool car would drive by, it would excite all the young kid, all the young boys in particular, right? We'd always be like, oh wow, look at that Porsche just drove by, and. I always look back at the time saying, wow, those are the things that I remember that really wanted, made me want nice things. Mm. And it's not about just wanting nice things. I get it. It's about, but to me, it's about aspiring for more. So now I'm fortunate. I have a car dealership, so I get to have a lot of cool cars. One of my <laughs> things is every time I buy a cool exotic car is I have to go for a ride through Lynn, And I have a route that I go down. And the reason I do it, and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I'll take a whole Sunday afternoon and I'll go when it's nice out is because I know there are kids playing outside in Lynn that need to see this car, so that they can know that that's real and it exists. This is not on movies. There are people that can earn their way to that kind of success, and they, they need to showcase that to underserved communities, right? Yes. I, I would love to see it um, happen, but back to the scholarship and... Um, so what are your plans now for the future? Because I know you got, this is your first year in, oh, yes. actually, let's talk about the event. Let's we didn't get a about chance to event. talk to the event. Yeah, yeah, so
1: the event was the first annual event, and I had it in the form of a fashion show. So,
0: Well, how did this idea come about?
1: Awesome. Well, I like fashion, right? right? Um, and so I wanted to have an event, and I, but I didn't want it to be an ordinary party. You know, and I wanted to be a I wanted to be a cocktail event where you can network, um, where you can socialize, and then add a piece of entertainment, you know, as okay. well. So that's how I came up with the idea.
0: So was this? So is this an annual event? Yes. Okay. So
1: every year I will have a fashion show. Uh, it will be a fundraiser. And event. whose
0: clothes? Whose clothing line are you showcasing?
1: So this particular year, so every year it will be a different different um, organization or a different company, but I wanted it to be. Um, primarily a boutique in Lynn. Oh, cool, yeah. Right? Um, So this year, for the um, casual and the night out um, category, I used Kachi's Boutique, which is in Market Square um, of Lynn. So I showcased her her, uh, clothing, which was nice. And so um, for the sports category, I used Reebok, Cool. because my employer, right? you had that
0: connect, yeah.
1: Yes, I had that connect. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. I mean... Um, so so,
0: friend, so friends of yours yes, were, were the models? I had
1: great volunteers. So um, the models that were part of the show had no prior modeling experience. Oh, cool, yeah. Right? So they were friends and family. And they must have been amped up to be a they, part of it. Well... They were so great, because if you could imagine, I mean, they had to take up some time out of of their schedule to come to the boutique and get fitted and meet with me multiple times, Um, you know, to get on the same page, because with me, I'm a type A, so Mm. the logistics had to be down, Um, everything had to be... And place. So they were very um, fun and energetic, and they were excited about this. And, you know, they were a little nervous right. at the beginning, but they did. did you have a good turnout? Great. I had a great turnout. So
0: they got to, you never know, maybe one of them will end up becoming some fashion superstar. Never know. <laughs>
1: never know. I mean, but the, the feedback afterwards, after the event, everybody who came had a great time. Yeah. Um, the sponsors throughout the city were awesome. Uh, I couldn't do it without them. How did them. you come
0: about? So, what did you solicit? Just local businesses to.
1: Yes. To so I walked right in um, to these different. Um, businesses and just asked them. I, I told them my mission. I told them who um, this was going to benefit. I told them how the community would be affected, um, and I um, seen if they would buy buy what, in, and they what did. What was their
0: response like? I mean, that's got to be tough to, to. It was tough.
1: It was, tu- it tougher
0: was tough. Tougher than you thought.
1: Tougher than I thought. I mean, because a lot of um, people they you know, don't want to give everything for free, which I don't expect them to, right. but a lot of them gave discounts on different things. I mean, when it came to like the linen or the food, uh, Brother's Deli, you know, they donated oh, some yeah. food. And Brother's I Deli, he does an amazing some. job. He, George is yeah, awesome. Um, and like Appleton, they gave me yeah. a percentage off of the linen. You know, it was just like I felt um, empowered with right. what I was doing because their response was great. Nobody told me no. Not right. one Everybody person did, told me did no. did what they could. They did what yeah. they could. Um, and in turn, like I had a sponsor book at the event that the um, guests could take home, just to give them their publicity and, mm-hmm. and thank them for what they have done. Because honestly, without you know the sponsors and my friends and family, it would not have been a success.
0: It's a community effort. It's you're a just community lead, effort. You're leading it. Right? Yes. It's it's almost impossible to execute that on your own. I mean, that would be a, a humongous challenge. Yeah, it would have been. And I was. And it's even better to be able to do it with. Your your people because yes. that community that's in my community exactly because that's what you're doing it for yes, yes. and the Lim
1: Museum they were great were they you at? know they they were very helpful and very um, you know made it so easy for our first event they were available when I needed them when I wanted to see the space and um, it was it was a huge success
0: so you'll definitely be doing it again next year
1: yes definitely next year
0: good and everybody will get an advance notice I saw a lot of people pushing it on on um, on Facebook and I thought it was really interesting because it, it at least made me want to find out more because you, I saw a picture of someone young who has started a scholarship, and I'm like, what is the, you know, what's this all about? This is not normal. Um, and then I read about it in the Lynn Item as well, and I was, I was like, wow, this person, I don't know her, but <laughs> we need more people like this, not just in Lynn, in all the communities on the North Shore, but we need more people like you. You truly are raising the bar. Um, so tell me a little bit what you think is the future of of um, your foundation, like what do you see long term for the foundation? So
1: long term, um, I envision the organization being large, um, with uh, not only females but males, mm-hmm. and I see um, the organization con- organization consisting of multiple students, um, and I see um, not only you know me being a mentor. I see this, the the Recipients of the scholarship being mentors.
0: Yeah, as like well. someday they come back.
1: Someday they come back that and give really, back.
0: That would be a really cool experience.
1: That's that's the vision that I have. Yeah. So, um, you know, eventually, maybe next year, I won't give a scholarship to only one student, but I'll give it to multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'll recruit some mentors that can help out. You know, and then eventually it will grow. Into so you're not. Big. This is not
0: a part time thing for you. You've committed yourself. I've committed myself. Yeah, and and this is something that you really feel like you want to optimize. You yes. want to really get it out there. You yes. want to really make a difference. You're not about one scholarship. And if that's all it ever became, still unbelievable accomplishment. Um, and amongst your peers, you would still stand out. But the truth is, y- you probably don't know how to do anything but just keep going, right? Keep going. Right.
1: Because I, I look at the that's statistics. That's that work ethic, yeah. Yeah, I, I look at the statistics of Lynn. I look at you know how many dropouts mm-hmm. we have. I look at who... Seeks higher education, and just the statistics are too low. And I feel like you know, eventually, I want to make a change, you know, in the community. So I think with this mentoring program, eventually, more kids are going to finish college. Right. They're going to give back to the community, to the you know, the kids that are coming in. And I want it to be uh, larger, way larger than me.
0: I agree, and I think that leadership is is probably one of the most critical components in yes. that. It's leadership. It's I studied leadership for I, my that's master's. That's right. I yeah.
1: studied it, and and I think it's so big because leaders have the ability to impact and empower um you know the people coming up behind them it's so important
0: yeah i agree and i think that um you know leadership is probably the area that lynn is the most underserved right and i see a resurgence now like i see a small community of people coming up and they're making an impact and there always was sort of a push towards that but money you know money is great you're gonna you're gonna get People money for their scholarship, but mentorship is like that's the intangible. That's like that's the long term payoff. That's, yes, th- the money to pay for a tuition that's one thing. So I look forward to seeing your foundation grow because that just means as it grows, that means it's making a difference. Like yes. it's not going to grow if it's, if it didn't work, right? Right, right. And the community needs it, and they need a lot more. And I think that there is a there is a like I was like to elude to s- back to what I was saying. There is a group of people in Lynn that are working towards making things better, um, and I think that collectively things are going to start clicking. I think. That, I agree. Yeah, I think things are going to start clicking because this generation, um, especially amongst minorities, and, I, and and to put it in perspective to you, I, I grew up in Lynn at a time as a as an immigr- as a first generation American, you know, a child of immigrant parents who was treated the same as what you would see minority or immigrant children now being treated as. You know, just because we're Greek, and Greek is popular now, because you know, everyone likes Greek yogurt and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth, right? Back in the 80s and 90s, we weren't treated this, like white people. To put things in context because of that, when I look at the world, I wear those glasses. Like, that's how I see it. So when I see a city like Lynn, I don't put my make-pretend Glasses on and say, Oh, yeah, everything's great. Yeah, everything's well, it's Lynn, you know, Lynn is Lynn. No, there's a, these are not people that don't want to make their lives better. These are people who are not given the the opportunity to make their lives better. They need the tools. They need the tools. Yeah. And now your generation and my generation, we're the same age. Yeah. We're coming up out of it and we're going to have the resources to make the difference. Right. The generation before us didn't. Right? Whether you were first gen, you know, my parents, when they came to this country, they couldn't make a difference. They could merely pay rent. Right, That, that is what I'm so looking forward to for Lynn. And I'm happy that you're at the forefront of that because you're a really, really standout person. Um, and I wish you the best of luck with your foundation. Thank at, you. Um, and thanks again for coming on.
1: Thank you. So, wait a minute. I just have a question for you. Okay. So, for the. No guarantee I can answer it. <laughs> so, the next. Annual fashion show. Are you gonna come? 100%. Okay. I'll donate
0: and I'll be there.